Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Some of y'all are like, what in the heck is going on in this church right now? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I'm just here visiting. Like, well, I would, like, I'm just here to see people get baptized, and now they're playing, like, One Direction up in church and Whitney Houston and all this stuff. You are actually here for the end of, of a sermon series called Let's Talk About It. Have you guys enjoyed this series? I know it's been challenging. We've been talking about marriage and dating and... And we talked about the S word in church, talked about sex. Uh, it, it, has, it, is, it has been a fun, fun series. I think it has been really, really helpful, though. And so um, check out our podcast. We have podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and stuff like that. If you would like to catch up on previous sermons in this series, we think that it will be really, really helpful. We have, you know, honestly, we have just heard incredible testimonies of what God has done, reconciling marriages healings in people's lives, um, and, 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 and so this stuff needs to be talked about in church, y'all. Needs to be talked about in church. Why? Because it's such a big part of our lives. Our it life is super important. Our love, our dating, relationships, and all of, of those things have a huge bearing on our relationship with Christ. And so we don't want to be, as a church, scared to bring that stuff up. And so tonight, uh, we're going to close it out. And um, some of y'all are like, oh, Lord, what's he going to talk about? He's like, is he going to talk about sex? I just brought my mom and my dad just thinking I was just going to get baptized. And I was no, we're not going to talk about that. All right. Tonight we're going to talk about love. Everyone's like, okay, good. I can handle that. Talk about love, right? Because um, I think whenever you sum up the it life, marriage and dating and sex and relationships and stuff like that, we've got to undergird all of those things with love. We've got to take all of those side issues and undergird it with a stability and a foundation of love. Um, I believe this word in culture and church get, just gets thrown out there, and we really have no idea really what it really even means. Like, you know, the world's definition is like whatever you feel today. It's like, what do you think love is? And you've got 8 billion or 7 billion people on this planet. There's probably 7 billion definitions of what they think love is. The church typically takes God's love and love is like, oh, yeah, love. Yeah, God's love. It will always be there. So typically in church, God's love becomes common. Where we just know, well, no matter what, God loves me. And love almost for us becomes becomes like this huge safety net where no matter what we do, how we act, whatever, it's like God will love me and, and we don't really dive and dig into the depths of it because we think we have a concept of it and therefore we know what it is. The world, like there is like, a, you know, like I said, a billion definitions. So how in this culture that doesn't really know what love is, we also have a church that has kind of said, okay, I, I know about God's love, but honestly, many of us, have we truly experienced God's love? 
how do we take that love, God's love, and process it and apply it to our lives and then to our it life? I want to share, starting off with you, a few scriptures. First off, Ephesians 3, chapter 17. Excuse me, chapter 3, verse 17. This is Paul here praying. And Paul here is praying uh, for a church he planted. This is a church. He was a, 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 travel, a, a traveling missionary apostle. Paul, he would go into different cities and plant churches. And after he would plant churches, he, he would actually take and write follow-ups, letters to these churches just to say, hey, how, how are you doing? Let me give you some instruction. And what Paul is actually doing here, Paul is actually saying a prayer over the church in Ephesus. And one of the things that Paul prays here that I think is super, super powerful, he says this, and I pray that you being rooted and established in what? Love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be fulfilled, you, you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So Paul is like, church, I want you to know the width, the depth, the height of God's love, to know this, to know this love that's unknowable. It's kind of a weird statement, isn't it, Paul? Hey, know this, God bless you, know this love, that was such a hard sneeze, I, I knew it would be faith, good job, faith, wow, <laughs> that was a flashback right there, sorry, Just <laughs> but he says, I want you to know this love that is unknowable, he's praying for this church, I want you to somehow plumb the depths of God's love. That's what Paul says here also too. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, excuse me, 1 through 7. It says this. This is Paul. He's talking to the church in Corinth. He says this. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am a great preacher. No. You're nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Paul, he said this, Galatians chapter 5. He says, the only thing that counts, and this is Paul like summarizing the Christian faith. The only thing that counts is faith, a trust in God that expresses itself how? In love. Do you see a theme here? Do you see how it's, when you sum up honestly much of the Christian faith and even a lot of the things Jesus said, it really comes down to how do you love people? How do you receive God's love? If you don't have love, Paul, Paul says you're nothing. He says you could go and heal people. You could be a healing evangelist and go and heal people with the wrong heart and the wrong motives and do it for yourself instead of for God and you don't do it in love. You could have faith that could move mountains. 
you could have, I mean, he says you could die a martyr's death, but not have love. I want you to see tonight that the Christian walk following Christ is one of understanding and then living in God's love. But let's just be honest. Like I said, the world struggles to define what exactly love is. But do you know what what the great thing is? As a Christ follower, we don't have to guess and try to define what love is because God defines it. Scripture in 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. So we don't have to go out and search for this definition and then try to see if God matches it. Because God is the definition. We have to now find out what is his definition and live from it and then love others the same way that God loves us. 1 John 3.16 tells us this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So as a Christ follower, you are not saying, hey, world, show me and tell me, Hollywood, what love is. Hey, book by Dr. Phil or Oprah, please, oh, wise one, tell me what love is like. We don't say that. We say this is how, as Christ followers, we know what love is. Jesus Christ went to a cross and died in your place and for your sins. That is what God says love is like and what love is defined by. True love, Christ-like love, is dying for somebody's sins that you didn't commit. True love is going and taking somebody else's punishment for crimes you didn't do. It is self-sacrificing, self-giving, wanting the best for that person. It is a kind of love that loves you at your worst. A love that sees how messed up you are and still loves you, still blesses you, doesn't see you for what you were, but can see what you can be. This is called agape love. This, this word Love, in the Greek language, is this word agape. Everyone say agape. Agape. You just learned Greek tonight. Pat yourself on the back. Pat yourself on the back. It is the Greek word agape that is a word in, in, in Scripture that is only pertaining to the kind of love that God gives. There's four different words for, for love in, in the Bible, Hebrew and Greek, but this is the only one that is actually pertaining to the kind of love that God gives and that actually describes God. It was actually a, a word that was almost created to actually talk about and share, like this is what God's love is like. And I don't know about you, but this kind of agape love, one that is based on faithfulness, based on commitment, that is based on an act of the will that is unconditional love, is the kind of love that my soul craves. And so does yours. And, I, and what I know this is that some of you try to act like you don't need it. Some of us try to act like, no, nah, we don't need love. But the truth is this, your soul Deep down in the recesses of your heart and your soul, you crave a love like God's. 
As a matter of fact, that's the kind of love you were created for. You were meant to be completed by the God that created you. But let's just be honest, we have this deep-seated need for real, true, agape love, but many of us, as the song says, try to find love in all of the wrong places. And we go and try to fulfill an eternal need for love in our soul with temporary people and temporary things that end up leaving even more hungry, even more thirsty, even more seeking for a love that only God can give. And let me tell you what ends up happening and why so many relationships struggle and why so many marriages end is because you have a deep-seated need to be loved. There's no doubt about it. You can't deny it. And many of us try to find our completion in another person. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to put a, a... a divine-like burden on that person, you're saying, hey, you complete me. Jerry Maguire should be sent to the pits. He's a liar. No, he doesn't complete you. Or she, I don't know, she, he, whatever, I don't know. But it's like she doesn't complete you. You know, whenever Jerry Maguire, you complete me. And so we have this generation of people saying, you're, you're looking for this person to complete you. When you were never made to be completed by another person, you were made to be complimented by somebody else, but you were never meant to be completed by somebody else. You were meant to be completed by only the love that God gives you because he's the one that created you and knows you and ultimately can give you what you need. But many times we use We put a divine-like burden on finite people and then damn them when they fail us. You didn't meet my needs. You didn't give me what I needed. And I believe that's why we see so many marriages failing, so many relationships failing, is because we have these expectations for this person. They're in this thing to meet my needs need when really what you're saying is God I need you to meet my need because no matter what that person ever did or does they could never fulfill the divine like hole in your heart and I believe that that in your heart there is a hole that only God can fill that no amount of money relationship success or pleasure will be able to fill And the truth is, is what fills you, what you try to fill your life with will spill over. Right? What fills, spills. Somebody say, what fills, spills. So I don't do sermon sermon stuff often. I'm talking about sermon illustrations. Partly because I'm not real good at them. But I figured I would try one tonight. So I thought that I was going to be having a, a lapel mic. So this is going to be really interesting. So I need someone to come and help me out. Come, come on up here, Lacey. This is my sister, Lacey. Everyone say hi, Lacey. So we were designed to be filled with God, to, to have our deep need for love met by our creator and complimented by other people instead of saying, you know, you complete me, and God, you compliment me. And really, that's the kind of culture we're in right now. We want God just to compliment us. 
We want God to be kind of like a side chick. Where, where it's, where it's kind of like, God, I want you to kind of like give me what's good whenever, whenever I need it, but I'm not into no commitment. You just kind of want God to be there whenever you need him to be. But God isn't looking. Anyway, I probably shouldn't have said that. Here you go. You want to hold that for me? That was not in the notes, so that, so that was free of charge. All right, look. So, look, this is you. We all have a cup that, that needs to be filled, right? Hold that over, over that. Now, this is God. Now, he, he'd, have, he'd be a bigger jug of water. There's no doubt about it, but, but for the sake of this sermon illustration, um, this will have to do. So look, this is God, and, and really what is supposed to do, God is supposed to pour his love into our life. Like we're supposed to open our hearts and, and receive God's love. It's, see, God's love isn't earned, y'all. And that's what some of you guys have to see. You, don't, you, you need to stop living for God's love and start living from it. You need to start living from God's love because some of y'all are trying so hard for God to love you. And God already loves you. Stop trying to earn what you've already been given. This is freely given by grace through faith. His love is not achieved, it's received. But anyway, so look, this is God. Just because you're my sister, don't, don't mess this up. Okay? So, so look, God pours into us, and it's supposed to overflow. And, and that's what God does. He pours into us, so we're supposed to then, God's love fills us, and then it spills it spills out of us onto the world. Those around us. God's love is supposed to fill and then it's supposed to spill. Like his, his love is supposed to, to not just be in us but work through us. But let's just, let's just be straight, man. Life is draining. Move your fingers. Can you just kind of like, you're really ruining this. Like, like, there you go. There you go. There you go. So look. You got this here. I mean, life is draining. You got, you know, you got a crazy job. You, you know, some of y'all got a crazy spouse. You know, you know, some of y'all, you're in some financial issues. And life can just be draining. But here's the thing. If you aren't receiving love from God, if that's dry, do you know what you'll do? Come down here. What's pouring into you? Nothing. You're trying to find a love that only God can fill. And you're going down into the world. You got all these holes. You got all these things in you. And you just keep, why do I keep on going back to this? Why do I keep on struggling with this? Why do I, why do I keep sleeping with people that I don't even know? Why do I keep on sleeping with this person that I do know and I don't even like? Why do I keep on being in this relationship that really isn't good for me? And I know I should get out of it, but I keep staying in it because if I go, I don't know where I go. I just, I just hate being lonely. I don't, don't know what to, and you're trying to find this love, but at the same time, you know you've got holes. And what's filling you? Nothing's filling you. 
You're just trying to come back down here, trying to get try, thirst. You're, you're, you're thirsty. And you know what you do? Whenever you go, you lower your standards. But let me tell you this. The love that God wants to give you, you can hold this again, is even with your, even with you being drained, do you know what doesn't stop? This is what God's love is, y'all. He keeps on pouring. He keeps on pouring. Romans 5, 5 says this, that he, because of hope, he pours his love to us, pours his love into us through his Holy Spirit who is in us. So here's the thing. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. As you understand and receive the love of God, it pours into you, but then it overflows out of you. So now you are not desperate looking for somebody else's love. You say, I got God to fill my need. I don't, you, I don't need you to fill any need in my life. I got God filling it. So then you are free to love and serve people instead of use and abuse people and things to fill a need they can't even fill anyway. When you accept God's love and live from it, what it does, it pours into you and then it frees you to love and serve your spouse without saying, oh, you do this, I do that. What, that's a contractual way of thinking. That's a contractual marriage. That's a contractual relationship. You're in a covenant. And the covenant is you find your deep need met by God, and then that deep need met by God frees you to be like, oh, well, you do this, and you do that, and you should do this, and you should do that, and blah, blah, I want my needs met, blah, blah. It's like, I got my need met by God. How can I love and serve you? How would your marriage be different if you stopped saying, you are me, you are here to fill my needs, and you said, I'm here to fill a need? Because you've had your need ultimately met by the king of kings who died for you. On the cross, and you don't have to find your self-worth in somebody. You can find your self-worth in what you knowing Jesus Christ paid for you, and that was his own body on the cross for you. I believe we just have a thirsty world looking just to have a fix instead of finding their true love in Jesus, which is what you were ultimately made for. Romans 5.5 5 says God's love has, poured, has been poured into us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We experience this love, and then it frees us to give his love. But, you know, I'll just be honest. So many of you have been hurt. Let's just be real here. There are some of, of you here, you have been so hurt by people. And what you've actually done is you have projected that hurt onto God. And, you know, maybe it was a bad church experience. Maybe it was a crazy pastor. Maybe it was a crazy Christian. Maybe it was a, a, a father, a mother, and you have just literally said because of what you experienced, you have said, get, get away from me. Maybe you said that to people or maybe you said that to God. And what you've actually done in that is you have said instead of taking the risk and being vulnerable, you said, I'm going to take a greater risk and keep my heart from everybody and anything. Because, y'all, I know this, man. Churches can do some stupid stuff. Pastor, I'm a pastor. I do stupid things every day. I say stupid stuff to people all the time. And I don't mean to hurt people, but sometimes, you know, it's, it, I'm a human. And what I think we do sometimes is actually we put a divine-like burden on the church and even the pastors and say, well, you, you hurt me. And then you project that hurt onto God himself. And you say, no, it wasn't, the, it wasn't God that hurt you, y'all. It was, it was the church. 
And the church is full of what? People that are crazy. That need Jesus just as much as you. I need Jesus more than all of you. I have three kids. Eight, five, and seven, five. I don't even know their ages. I've got three of them over in kids ministry. Just pray for me. Like, I need Jesus more than all of you, and I come to the same cross that you come to trying to find my hope and life and joy and peace in Christ as well. But I just want to make sure that you are not pushing off God's love because you've been hurt by people. But that's, that's what we can do. C.S. Lewis, he had this incredible quote. This was in his book, the Four, the Four Loves. He said this, there is no safe investment. To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even an animal. How true is that? Especially animals. Dang dogs. Now, wrap it carefully. Here's the thing, wrap it carefully. Round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, and motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. And I believe that there are some people here, you have held your heart so far from God because you're so scared of getting hurt. You, are, you, you have put the get away from me, God. I'm good. I got this. I'll keep my, I'll keep my distance. And really the... The root of it is wasn't even God himself, but it was some, maybe some people proclaiming the name of God that hurt you. And you've projected that hurt on to God. And what I want to tell you is that there is greater risk in keeping your heart from God than it is being vulnerable and giving it to him. Because, y'all, this is so true. Your heart won't just become, your, your heart will become hard. Have you ever heard that statement? Have you ever seen hard-hearted people? They actually become numb and they lose feeling. And, and, and they, they just become robots. And y'all, my heart for you is not to miss the love of God. Paul says this. This is so powerful. Romans 8. This is Paul again. Paul just like to talk about love. Apparently he needed it too. He said, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor, the, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. What, what Paul is saying here, name it, it won't separate you from God's love. I agree with that. I believe that. But I believe that there would be one thing that Paul might even say would keep you from God's love. And do you know what that is? It's you. It's your decision. Why? God has spoken, y'all. When Jesus died on the cross, that was his pronouncement to you. I love you. I'm passionate about you. I'm coming for you. I'm not holding nothing back. I'm not going to give you a part of me. I'm giving you all of me. So we don't have to wonder, does God love us? We don't have to wonder, is God for us? The cross forever speaks, yells, and proclaims to you that God is for you and he loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And there is nothing that God won't do to be with you. Nothing will separate you. God's love has the power to transform you when you live from it instead of you living for it. God's love has the power to transform you. God will trump every other love. And, and there, how many of y'all know there's power in love? 
There's power when you have a greater love. And I think in church, we have always taught, taught people just suppress desire. Just, oh, you have a desire for that? That's bad. Just kind of like sex. We talked about that a couple weeks back. Y'all, the, the Bible isn't like saying don't have sex. Where's my Bible? Did you take it? Oh, why do, why do you have it? Did you steal my Bible? I need to pray for you. No, I'm just kidding. But like this book isn't, it's, it's like this book says God has a desire for you to practice it in the right way, for the right reason, with the right people, for the right purpose. And what he's saying is, what this book is saying, have a greater love than a love that leads to loneliness and a love that leads to emptiness. Have a greater love. There's power and love. My guy, Kerry, right over there, he's a bald Asian guy. We call him the rock around here, the Asian rock around here. He always smiles at me whenever I say that. I don't know if he's, like, happy about that or me. I'm mad about that. I really never know. But anyway, Kerry and, and I, we, you know, we've been good friends now about five years. And he told me a story uh, a, a little while back. And he was talking about whenever he first met his wife, Julia. And Carrie was like, I used to be a smoker, man. Which is so funny, like, hearing Carrie talk about smoking because he's so health conscious now. And it's, it's just like, I just, I can't see Carrie, like, taking a cigarette out and lighting it. Like, I, I just can't see it. I would just be like, what are you doing? You know? I mean, it's like, you know, because he's so health conscious. Um, Carrie, though, he was talking about how, man, dude, I tried to quit smoking. I tried. Tried to, you know I mean, dude, like, didn't you try gum and stuff? Everything. He tried everything. Gum. And you know Carrie, man. You know Carrie be trying everything. Like, he'd be looking online. <laughs> he'd be trying to find anything. He'd be eating lemons or something. Like, you know, he tried everything. And Carrie couldn't stop smoking. But then he met this girl named Julia. And he said, Julia mentioned to him in passing one day. I know I just don't like the smell of smoke. Yep. Literally said, I don't like the smell. And Carrie's love for Julia made him go cold turkey and overcome his love for cigarettes. It wasn't that his desire for cigarettes went. His love for the Lord, his Lord, Julia is his wife, you know. <laughs> love for the Lord. <laughs> Wasn't his love for the Lord at that time, I don't think. <laughs> but his love for Julia overtook his love for cigarettes. I think some of you have been trying to overcome stuff, and you've been praying, God, take it away. God, give me the strength. And do you know what you need to switch your prayer to? God, give me a greater love for you. God, you know what I have a proclivity towards, whatever self-destructive behavior that is. And you know what? You might need to stop praying, God, take it away. You know what you need to start praying? God, give me a greater love for you. Let love overtake. Let let a Christ-like love overtake. Maybe you don't need less desire. You need a stronger love. Maybe you don't need less desire. 
you need more love. Church, my desire for you today is the same thing that Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, that you would know God's love, that you would plumb the depths, some, that, that you wouldn't be scared to give your heart to him. You wouldn't be scared to follow him, maybe because of something stupid that a church did or a pastor did or something like that. But you would once again maybe take the risk of being vulnerable and reaching out and saying, God, I give you my life. I, I know it's scary to you, but at the same time, it's a riskier investment keeping it in the dark, cold recesses of your heart because it will grow cold. Some of you here, you've been saved a long time. You've been in church. You're playing the church game. You know how to do it right. You know how to say the right things, do the right things, act the right way in front of people. But your love for the Lord is growing cold. And you need a fresh revelation, a fresh revelation of how wide and deep is the love of God. And some of you here, you need to receive God's love tonight for the first time. Maybe your life, you grew up in church. Maybe you've heard about God's love, but and you've just kind of had this weird, awkward definition of what it is, but tonight the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, and, and you know that, that tonight you need to receive God's love, and you just need to say yes to it. It's not achieved, it is received. It's not like, okay, I'm going to clean my life up, and then God will love me. God loves you where you are, but he loves you enough not to let you stay that way, and some of you need to see God's love for that tonight. So I don't know where you're at tonight. If we just bow our heads and just, and just right now create a time of privacy. Here at this church, man, we, uh, we are all about taking next steps. We are all about saying, what is next for your life? Like what next step do you need to take? Whether you've been in church 20 years, whether you've been in church 30 years, whether this is your first time here, whether you've been here a, a couple months, what is the next step for you? And I just think tonight we can say a, a couple next steps are maybe tonight you need to receive God's love tonight. Maybe you, you once followed Christ and then you, then you kind of fell off and found different loves, but tonight you need to come back home, friend. You need to come back home. Your next step tonight is to receive God's love. Just right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no, no one's looking. If you would say, John, tonight I, I need to receive God's love, and it's not something where you've got to do this big, elaborate prayer or anything. It's just something, all you got to do is say yes. Just say yes and receive and, and strictly open up your heart. If that's you tonight, you just want to say, I want to receive God's love. All I want you to do is sitting right where you're at. I just want you to do this. Just say, whether you say it out loud or whether you say it to yourself, just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. I believe tonight that as you said yes, the whole, just like we talked about, the Holy Spirit in Romans 5 is pouring his love into your heart tonight. He's letting you know how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, how much he, he cherishes you, reminding you of what he did in your place and for your sin to save you from eternal damnation in hell. If you said yes today, I just want you to take one more step. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed, there's, there's no one looking around, but, but, but at the same time, I want you simply to know who you are so I can pray for you and I can celebrate with you. If you said yes to Jesus tonight, would you just take a hand and raise it up? Raise it up for me. Anyone here? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You're going to get a card. If you would just take this card here. Fill that out, drop it off, next steps booth, right out back. We would appreciate it. Anyone else? Raise a hand. 
receive God's love today. Amen. Maybe you're here today. Can we all stand up, church? Maybe you're here today and you just, you just need to, you need a fresh revelation of God's love. You've been trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. Hold on, baptism people. Hold on, y'all. Oh, all right, go. All right. I'm gonna be baptizing people. Um, and, and, and the thing is this, you just, you just need a fresh, a fresh, I don't know, revelation tonight of God's, of God's love for you. We're gonna sing this song. It's called Reckless Love. And you've probably heard it if, if you've been in church. But at the same time, I just don't want you just to sing words tonight. Maybe tonight you just need to sit down and think about the words that you're actually singing. Maybe you just need to not just like raise hands and go crazy worshiping. You just need to just hear and receive in your spirit and in your heart the words tonight. And as these words are sung, realize they're just not sung about some person out there. They are sung about you. That God loves you. He cares for you. Here in about five minutes, we're going to start baptizing people. And and baptism is simply a public expression of people that have made a commitment and decision to follow Jesus. In church, what I want us to do is I want us to celebrate with them because it is a public celebration. It's almost like a big fat wedding. A wedding, everyone comes and celebrates the outward decision that a couple is actually making. And that's what we're celebrating tonight is we are celebrating people that have said, I wanna go from death to life and I want my church family, I want my family, I want everyone to know about the decision that I have made. But check this out. Yeah, man, let's give it up. But look, if you receive Christ tonight, or let's say you have received Christ, but you have never been baptized, we wanna give you the opportunity tonight to be baptized. You say, well, what about my clothes? We got you covered. We got clothes in the back. Yeah, we got clothes in the back. We got shorts for you. We got a shirt for you. We got a towel for you. We got everything that you would need for any excuse that you would might possibly drum up in your mind about why you could not get baptized tonight. We want to take that from you. If you say tonight, I, I want to get baptized, we would love to share in that, in that time with you. You say, what are the prerequisites? Do you follow Jesus? Okay, good. That's the first and the only one. We'll start there. Let's dunk you. And hey, do you know what? Let's, let's go and get this brand new life in, in Christ started. If you want to get baptized today and publicly display your faith in Christ. Do you see that right over here? Do you see this hallway? All you got to do, get out, walk, go down there, follow the hallway, and there will be somebody there meeting you, ready to, to take you where they're going to be at and get baptized tonight. We don't care who you are. If you have made a decision for Christ, we want to share in this moment with you tonight. I'll be right over there if, if you do want to. Church, we're just going to sing. We're just going to worship. I want God's love to pour over you tonight. And right as this song is finished up, we're going to up do that, that thing. And we're going to start dunking people. And we're going to celebrate. I want us to be like we are... The, like we are watching the Jaguars beat the Patriots uh, on in in a Super Bowl. All right, so like I want us to get excited and happy at what God does. Amen, church. All right, let's sing and dwell in God's love. If you want to get back.
Thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.